wants to try my 18-layer dip. It's got beans, cheese, bird seed, guac, chocolate chip. One warning, if you're allergic to uh, peanuts or bee stings, I wouldn't eat it. What are you talking about? Who the hell are you talking to? Charlie Blackman is the batting champion, more like the ugly champion. If God doesn't like the Broncos, then why is the sky blue and the sunsets orange? not done so already please go ahead and like subscribe share the ace sports podcast on apple podcast google podcast spotify or just wherever you get your podcasting stuff we have some of the absolute best conversations and breakdowns with local analysts journalists broadcasters athletes and coaches from the colorado collegiate and professional sporting world and just a quick disclaimer i think we're going to be changing up the podcast uh just a little bit adding some more fluctuation to it right some more flexibility with this thing Normally, we do about just one story per day, but I think moving forward, we're going to be giving you a couple of stories within um, each episode, more like a a rundown um, at the very end. Normally, when I do the outro, thanking the guests for being on, we're going to be giving you a quick rundown, about three stories talking about whatever the Avs game was, Nuggets game, the biggest stories of the week, and that's going to happen, of course, three times a week per episode. And then, of course, we'll have the featured story, which we have the analyst, broadcaster, whoever on the show and have that about eight to 10 minute interview. So we're still keeping it with under 15 minutes. This one will be a little bit longer because of the conversation today. So that new sports brief will start happening in the next episode. As for this week, we are talking a lot of basketball because March Madness has officially started. Selection Sunday was yesterday. We're talking some CSU and CU later on this week. The Rams made it into the tournament. They are the 60th. They'll face off against Michigan, but CU was kept out of the NCAA tournament. But a tournament that has already been going on for about a week or so is the NCAA Division II men's basketball tournament. And the Colorado Mason Mavericks are moving on to the Sweet 16 face-off against Black Hills State. They were able to down number one-seeded Lubbock Christian yesterday in Lubbock, Texas, as the Chaps were hosting at Rip Griffin Center. And Mesa was able to steal the one-point win, 63-62, to move on to the Sweet 16 for the first time in program history, they face off against number three seed and Armac champion Black Hills State University for the third time this year. The Yellow Jackets are also making it to the Sweet 16 for the first time in program history. They downed number two West Texas A&M yesterday as well. Before we jump into the conversation with Josh Coleman of 91.3 FM KMSA, he's been one of the voices for the Mavericks for the last few years. He called a lot of the Mesa basketball games this year and is basically our Maverick go-to guy on the ACE Sports podcast let's quickly recap exactly what happened yesterday with the uh, Mason Mavericks and the LCU Chaps it was a 63-62 win as we already mentioned Trevor Baskin had the alley-oop go-ahead from uh, Georgie Dancer within the final seconds but then LCU would get fouled as the sh- as the game clock did expire they would go on to only make two of them and so Mesa would end up winning the game because of that missed free throw Lubbock Christian almost overcame a 12-point deficit with about eight minutes to go. They went on a 17-3 run to retake the lead from CMU. There was 18 lead changes in this game. And then looking at the box score, Trevor Baskin led the way for Carl DeMesa. He had 18 points, nine rebounds, shooting 18 for 14 from the field. He made two of three three-pointers. Jarrett Small made three of his three-pointers. He also had 15 points and five boards. Blaze three for Carl DeMesa had 13 points and 10 boards. 
Feel good moment for Mike DeGeorge and his team. So with that, let's go ahead and bring in the expert, Josh Coleman of 91.3 FM KMSA, sports director for Carlton Mesa. And we'll talk some CMU basketball here on ACE. Alrighty, well, good Monday morning from beautiful Grand Junction. And hello, Sweet 16, Carlton Mesa. And we're talking some D2 basketball, RMAC basketball today on ACE with Josh Coleman. Sports director of 91.3 FM KMSA, voice of the CMU Mavericks. Josh, what's up, dude? Mesa, man, number four seed. They're in the Sweet 16, first time ever. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, it's it was an absolutely incredible feeling watching that game, knowing that this is going to be the first time in program history that they're getting to the Sweet 16. But even better, I can't imagine what it felt like for the guys, and specifically Jared Small and Georgie Dancer, guys who've been here for yes three years now and lost their first conference championship of their college careers uh, last weekend in the RMAC tournament and then get back to the sweet 16. Got to be a good feeling for the first time. I already mentioned sweet 16 bound 63, 62 win over top seed, a little bit Christian in the South central regional uh, semifinal. And they're facing off against black Hills state on Tuesday, who they saw twice in the regular season, who they missed in the Armac Championship Tournament because uh, Mesa lost to Regis, Black Hill State uh, Armac Tournament champions, and they ended up upending West Texas A&M. But uh, yeah, Josh, first time for both these teams uh, in the Sweet 16 and a bid for the Elite Eight in Evansville. So this is something that we've never seen before. Normally, we're seeing College School of Mines make it up there uh, and, and and other teams, but man, this is a, a pretty exciting time for both Black Hills and Carl Mesa. Yeah, huge wins for both programs getting to the Sweet 16 for the first time. But, I mean, it's it's going to be a fun game because, in my mind, this is what should have been the RMAC championship. Nothing, Not trying to take away from Regis. They were a great team, had a great season. But, in my mind, the best two teams in the RMAC were Black Hills State and CMU. And we finally get to see it. But the stakes are even bigger this time. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be a game to watch. Plus, Joel Scott, leading RMAC scorer, or RMAC leading scorer, player of the year, yep. RMAC player of the year. Like, it's going to be a game for the ages. Plus, neither team won both times in the regular season. So, it's not like you have that advantage of trying or advantage or disadvantage of trying to beat a team for a third consecutive time in a season. Josh, with eight minutes left, going back to the game yesterday against Lubbock Christian, the number one seed, uh, Mesa was up by as many as 12 with eight minutes to go, 51-39, and then Lubbock would go on a 17-3 to run, and you saw the crowd picking it up. You saw the uh, um, methodical announcer actually start to get some energy in him, and <laughs> not throwing shade there. He actually did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, but, um, he did. But, but, but ended up to where Mesa was down. Uh, 56, 54. Then they tied it up with about two minutes and 30 seconds to go. And then it was kind of back and forth. And then Mesa took the lead. It was an absolute fantastic dish from Georgie's answer to, uh, to, uh, to, to Trevor Baskin to put them up. And then at the very last second, uh, Lubbock Christian put up a three and Reese Johnson fouled him. They called it right at the buzzer. We think it was a controversial call, but man, it was all of March madness encompassed in one game, um, one division two game. And it's just, it, it gets exciting to see what can, what can happen um, in the next game against black. He'll say two teams who already know each other uh, uh, from the arm, from the arm. Yeah. I mean, going back to the call really quickly, 
from in in our mind it was questionable and and in that moment with two seconds left on the clock it's a call that really should never happen like it it shouldn't be a game deciding call with two seconds left and then the guy goes to the free throw line for all the marbles like that's just tough in march to do that but i mean great job by the Mavericks, specifically Georgie Dancer with that assist to Trevor Baskin to Golly. set up. Golly, it was alley oop through what two, three defenders? Yeah, he was, yeah, double, triple teams. Yeah. The needle, and then Trevor just kind of, Nikola Jokic just like tipped it in. Yeah. And, um, and then we just see it fall. It, it, and, it, and, it, and it's really one of those, we talked about it right before we press record. It's one of those things that they probably do all the time in practice. Trevor is just so automatic when it comes to those alley oops. He's been doing it the entire year, but at that time, Man, that was their go-to move, which you do not see a lot of teams. Normally, they're you know popping it out to their to their top shooter on the arc and and trying to get a three because Mesa was doing well behind the arc, but they decided mm-hmm. to attack the paint. Which, man, I really I'm I'm really glad that that worked out for him. But uh, but yeah, Trevor Baskin, 18 points, um, finished with a uh, with a game high, um, eight field goals for him. Uh, he also had nine boards. Uh, Blaze three had a double double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Jared Small, 15 points. Five rebounds. Matt Greniker ended up fouling out of the game uh, with about six minutes to go. He only had six points, but man, the defense by Mesa holding Lubbock Christian to what was their field goal percentage? It was just under 43%, which is exactly what Mesa was at 43.6%. It's a game of inches. It is a game of inches. And in this case, Mesa uh, ha- had the, had the coin flip in their direction. Absolutely. I mean, they, did a terrific job. I mean, yeah, they were up by 12. They gave up the lead and Lubbock came back, almost won the game or sent it to overtime. But the defense was arguably one of their best performances this season. Now I want to yeah. go check their their turnover numbers. But, I mean, five blocks, five steals in a game, that's pretty solid when you're facing number seven team in the nation, number one seed in the tournament. They turned it on when they needed to. and. I mean, they limited Lubbock to just 22% from behind the arc. It, it was one of those where you look back and say, if they can replicate that performance defensively, you, you don't know where this team can go in this tournament. It, look at, it sky's the limit. Yes. You look at points in the paint, 26 for Lubbock Christian, <laughs> 28 for Mesa. That <laughs> by Trevor was, was a difference maker in this game. It was the game winner. And, and, um, and, and, and I, go ahead. That that tip in at half that they ruled good by Christopher Speller. Yes, at the buzzer. That's yes. arguably one of the biggest plays of the game. Huge, huge. It it it's it's crazy how those calls can uh can affect um the game in the long term. But yeah, the lead changed eighteen times in this game, which is a lot of that happened towards the end, and then very much so in the first half. But um yeah, Mesa fighting off a comeback from a very hot team playing in their home field. Um, their or their home court, home home stadium, whatever you want to call it, uh, with all the momentum, and we, th- it's it's not, and it's not saying like normally those kind of things go against the team that you're rooting for in Mesa, but they've never made it this far, and you just kind of assumed, okay, Lubbock may pull this one off, um, especially with that momentum. But the Mesa defense so stifling, they're playing the best basketball, losing one of their starters and Mac Renneker, despite him fouling out. Trevor Baskin having four fouls. Yeah, Josh, adversity, adversity, adversity. Mesa owned up to it. Now they get to face off against Black Hill State. That is going to take place on Tuesday. Uh, who you got and why? Uh, I mean, this is tough. As an unbiased journalist, 
my bias is obviously going to say CMU. And honestly, I'm trying to think. It's going to be one of those games that's decided by five-ish points in my mind. It's going to be a close game, but I think Mesa will pull it out because, one, they already beat Black Hills on the road. They traveled to Spearfish, beat them 81 to 71, if I am not mistaken. Yep, 10 points. Yep. 81 71. And they did it in a game where everything seemed to be working for them offensively, defensively. And if they can replicate that performance or get somewhere near it, I think it's going to be tough to beat them. All they have to do is, well, I, I say all they have to do as if limiting Joel Scott is an easy thing to do. But if they can slow him down a little bit and make, uh, Sindhu Cisse and Adam Musa work a little bit for their points. I think the, that Mesa takes this game. But if Musa, Cisse, and Joel Scott all kind of dominate offensively, I think it's a clear Black Hills State going to the Elite Eight. Yeah, Joel Scott had a double double, 20 points and 14 rebounds against uh, West Texas AM. Three players scored 20 points or more um, against West Texas for Black Hills. So the Armec. We'll see y'all in the Sweet 16, and one of these teams will also be advancing to the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. So, Josh, as always, appreciate it, and uh, get to class, you crazy, you crazy guy. <laughs> I got 10 minutes before I got to leave. All right, well, appreciate it, Josh. Thanks, as always. Thank you for having me on, Matt. Have a great rest of your day. Big shout out and thank you to Josh Coleman today for joining us on ACE. Once again, if you have not done so, please go ahead and like, subscribe, and share this episode and the ACE Sports Podcast, wherever you get your podcasting stuff. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk some CU Buffs basketball, both women's and men's, with Henry Chisholm of DNVR Buffs. We'll see you guys then. Have a great Monday. Peace.